0: We have not one, not two, not three, but four guests joining us next. They are at the University of Texas Law School, and they participated in potentially a competition that has arbitration between what would go down. Wow, this is great. Six shot uh, between a, a player in his camp going up against a team in their camp. So, um, you know what? I'll do it this way. I want you guys to introduce yourselves. And uh, so let's start next to AJ, because I am learning all of you and your names for the first time. So AJ points to And, the and other their side. favorite there team
1: too. How
2: about their favorite <laughs> team?
0: Introduce yourself. Yeah, sure. Favorite team. And then we'll run through a little arbitration talk right now. Go ahead. You're up.
2: Hey, so, hey everyone. So uh, my name is Nick. I'm a third year law student here at U, Texas, and I'm a huge Mets fan. So let's go Mets. <laughs>
3: Uh, I'm Ryan Falkner. I'm a two L here, so a year below Nick. Uh, I'm a Rangers fan, so really riding high for like the first time in my life.
4: Hi, I'm Wade Witcher. I'm a second-year law student here at the University of Texas, and I'm a Yankees fan. And it's an honor to be here with the Todd Father and Crancy. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Thank you. Thank I'm Don. Oh yeah, Don, almost three L and a Rangers fan as well. So good, good year for us.
0: And, and right. this group um, from UT took uh, part in the Tulane International Baseball Arbitration Competition. It's really cool. I'm into Arb. I, I, I nerd out on this stuff and the battles. It's basically like a court case with the player going against the team. So uh, I don't know if one of you wants to just kind of like raise your hand and tell us what went down there, but also just give us a little bit of a lowdown on how arbitration works, because I think most people don't understand, for example, what the judges know and don't know and what actually qualifies as something that would lead to a case getting settled?
3: Yeah, I can I can jump in on that. Um, and we've got some, some extra sort of slides or visuals to throw up as our conversation sort of goes on if it gets to that point. Um, basically, w- when a player reaches a, a certain point in their career, they are eligible to receive more money than they've been paid. Um, a lot of the times these guys have been paid like the minimum league salary. They could be a two-time All-Star, they could be a Golden Glove winner, whatever, and still be making 700 grand a year. Um, so arbitration is really their first chance to prove, not just to their team, but to the world, what they're worth. Um, and so the, the collective bargaining agreement with the MLB and the Players Association sets out these six factors that an arbitrator can, can uh, consider. We've got them up on the screen, but things like the how the player performed in their most recent year, if the team's doing well, if they've got a history of injuries. Um, and then really the, the big one that it all comes back to is the sixth one, the comparative uh, salaries of other MLB players. So in the arbitration um, setting, your job is to convince the judge, the arbitrator, whoever's overseeing it, that your player is worth what these other players are and not what the lower paid group is, or vice versa. You want to prove that you belong with one group, not another Um, So that really lays the framework for how we go about it. And it's tough because a lot of the time the arbitrator doesn't know baseball. They're just a normal lawyer or legal fanatic. And so if you want to use a stat, to make your case. If you want to talk about war and how good a player is in that category, you've got to be able to explain to the arbitrator what that actually means. And if you can't explain it well, they they may just not even care, even if the stat itself is fantastic.
6: Okay, so you guys, before we dig deep into this, because I want to know, you guys are like, when I went to arbitration, you guys finished second. So you guys are like the giants to me, like, because didn't Tulane (laughs) win this? So should we have Tulane on instead of you guys? Because you guys (laughs) lost your case, didn't you?
3: Um, we won most of them. So we went. We competed in seven, and we won six of them. So
6: it, it was just oh, that so fine. So Tulane won all seven. So if I want, no, 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 if, no, 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 if no. Not, I go back to arbitration, I'm, to arbitration. I'm calling
1: no, Tulane. No, not Villanova. Not.
6: Oh, Villanova won. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. never mind. Well, gosh, that's too close to Pennsylvania, though.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You, you don't yeah. want that I know. I <laughs> know.
6: <laughs> all we right. Went so all blurry once you said I that. Know, once you started we talking about Bobby, then. Got, hey, uh, if you're not first, <laughs> you're yeah, last. Yeah, yeah, right? I, got the, I got the camera switched so, now. No, but my, on a serious note, like, are all the all the cases for arbitration are they finished for this year? Are they all done uh, this year? No, I, I believe know. they go. You guys up just file until, and trial like teams do now.
5: <laughs> I know uh, what it's going to be going up until the end of February, I believe, is whenever all of the all of the cases will be resolved. I know there's at least one going on today. Uh, Rise came in yesterday, yeah. yeah, so it's still going on. I mean, most of those people are getting up to like the deadlines and so hopefully they are pushing settlements so it's get a more accurate market value. Um,
6: Who okay. was your guys' main case, right? It was Adolis Garcia this year. That was the yeah. big one for you guys, right? let dig into that. And, and, and I want to dig into this because he settled before, for people that don't know that means he settled before he actually went to the actual case. So what was your guys' argument? I'm assuming you were arguing for the player. Or were you arguing against them? So, so we actually did
2: both. Yeah. We had to prep for oh. both sides, and so uh, we kind of divided up like that. Um, so I'll let these guys take it away for player side. Wait, first. who was
6: uh, who was the player side and who was the so we know who we like and who we don't like? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I did
3: player side. Nick did team side, and then Wade and Orange was our rebuttal guy for both sides. So he was sort of our a double agent, and then Don was our, our fearless coach. <laughs> um, so, so for our, the player side arguments, we, we went with a, a power matters approach. Um, what made it really difficult was Kyle Tucker, um, being in the market who has the exact same awards, the exact same career trajectory just one year ago and lost his arbitration case. Um, so the player side, they were driving at home at Garcia is Kyle Tucker. They're the same guy. Um, our, we had to find something that distinguished them. And for us, that was, that was power. Um, so Aaron Judge really was able to give us a good a good comparison, especially when it comes to postseason, because that's what that's what Garcia is known for at this point, right? The, the postseason MVP for the reigning World Series champions. So that that was really our approach. Um, we kind of had to finagle a little bit, but it, it was cool. That's
1: uh, very interesting. Uh, and then you got Pete Alonso up there. I know... Uh... Oh, man, big, is that Nick up there, right? Is that who it oh, is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> big, so when you're comparing – so my question would be, you know, besides this case, Alonzo almost, you know, had a case to an arbitration. Would you have liked to do something like that, and who would you
2: compare his to? Alonzo? I mean, <laughs> I would have to have the numbers in front of us because the thing that we were doing, which was made it a little bit more <laughs> uh, made it a little more interesting, was that we had a limited universe of facts that we had to work with. And so they gave, basically gave us a list of players and a list of stats that we could use to compare. And that's sort of what we were working with. In the real world, a lot of times, you can do whatever you want. And the, the biggest thing is that it's going to be informed by what's happening right now. And so the later in the arbitration season it gets, the more of a current market you're going to be able to compare to. So with Alonzo, look, I mean, as a Mets fan, my, my goal right now is just get this re signed ASAP. And we all know how Boris works, <laughs> but Like, let's do it as, as soon as we can do it.
0: Hey, so there's a lot of interesting parts of the way arbitration works that we can point out first off that I learned from your slides too. It's not about projecting in the future, which is what most front offices do for free agent cases, you're just looking at the past to make your case. Um, For example, one thing that stood out to me was the the mental component that's in that checklist. So john in the chat just said, what does that mean? And how does a player lose a case on that? Can you explain?
4: We actually have a funny story from a different case (laughs) about Justin Steele with that coach coming uh, out. uh, Um, uh, The the team side tries to find things on the mental component um, that are more like you know, kind of poor baseball decisions or um, like off the field issues with things like that. Um, Most of the time, I wouldn't say it's a huge factor. The biggest factor seems to be, like Ryan brought up, their comparison to other players and their platform here. The year directly preceding arbitration and so uh, if you have a guy that's you know constantly you know having fights with his teammates or his manager or something like that that might come into play but you know that's really not the case most of the time most of the time it's is this guy kyle tucker is this guy aaron judge it's
5: it's very rare that uh, you know anything has really changed on on mental defects it's more physical defects so you know i'm sure marlin's side really hammered home chisholm's injuries which is one of the players we had to do for this this round Um, but yeah, I mean, kind of the biggest things are length and consistency platform year and that comparable player market.
2: Yeah. And on that too, I mean, one of the harder parts is I'm sure AJ, you can speak to this, but I mean, in a lot of these, the players in the room, and so it's going to be tough for the club side to go up there and try to argue this guy has a mental defect and a physical defect, and that's why we want to pay him less.
6: So. That was easy <laughs> for them to argue that with me. They just, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Yeah, that made me more money." Thank you, guys. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, my, my so I, I'm the only one in that here that actually went through the actual arbitration process, the whole crap, and they never got really personal. But see, I was fortunate; I got traded before I went to arbitration, so I was up for arbitration. I got traded to a new, so I didn't really know the organization. I went to the Giants; I didn't really know them. But going through the process, they were not, I think they've changed now. Now I think they're filing trial. So, so my whole thing is like, can you explain what that means to people out there? Cause what happens now is you give numbers. Like I, if I say, if I'm Todd's lawyer, his agent, I say, Todd's worth five and the team comes back and says, well, he's worth three. And then you're like, okay, we can get to four. And, and if you don't get to four, then you go to, and as soon as you file those numbers, the team is like, okay, guess what? We're going right. So, can you explain kind of from the beginning and then where it gets to and then how the arbitrator decides who's going to make their final decision?
2: Yes. Yes. So um the way that baseball arbitration can actually be really unique here is that the arbitrator A is not going to give a written opinion. So you're not going to get any facts based on like, you know, what actually made the decision for them. But the other thing that makes it unique is that there's no splitting the difference. There's no, you know, this side filed at 3, this side filed at 5, why don't we just settle at 4. You really have to pick which one is the more reasonable salary and that's what the player is going to get. Which The impact it has is on one end, you're going to have you're forcing both sides to kind of try to come up with more reasonable numbers. Because if you just come out of left field where everyone feels like this guy's hovering somewhere around three or four million and the club side says we want to pay him 500K, there's no chance that they're going to win that. Um, So they have to kind of bring it a little bit closer to the table. But the other thing is in the actual arbitration process, it starts to become more of a battle of the midpoint, Um, because really what's going to happen is if you can make the argument that between three and five million, this player is worth exactly one dollar more than four, the arbitrator has to award them five. And so it really just becomes about, you know, the filing numbers become less important and it's really what is in the middle and how can you show that closer to your side is even a smidge better than closer to the other.
3: And it's really difficult to even argue that fully because you only got an hour. You sit down in front of this arbitrator and you've got 60 minutes to, to make your case. The other side will make theirs. And then you can come in for like a quick rebuttal. You can say, here's what they told you that's wrong, whatever. But it's very, very fast-paced. In in a real trial, in what we're going to do outside of sports stuff, this could take weeks or months to argue in front of a jury or a judge. And you've got depositions and witnesses and just everything in the world. Here, you've got to pick your absolute best argument, push it full steam ahead for 60 minutes, and then really hope for the best. It's kind of cutthroat.
5: And just one more thing on that, like, I mean, Kyle Tucker last year, you know, he lost and gets a $5 million value, but who's to say that's not 6 million, 6.125, you know, now you've got this gray area because you don't have an opinion and now you have this precedent. So whenever people are comparing Adelise to Kyle Tucker, they're saying, okay, he's a $5 million guy. And it's like, okay, well, you know, I, I know that's what he got, but you know, what's he, what's he actually worth? Because we have this kind of gray area in between the midpoint there.
6: You're talking to a human. You're talking to an arbiter who's a human. We've established the fact that there's not. They don't there's know three baseball. Of them. Three there's
0: of them. Three. There's three. three, three. Okay. Yeah. There's three non-baseball people. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> not,
6: not one. There's three of them. So, is it better to go first? Like these are humans. Like if the last thing you hear is all the negative about AJ, his personality, the fact that he can't do this, he can't do that. Is it better to go first? Is this whole process broken because there's no real rebuttal except for that quick five-minute rebuttal?
5: So, it, not in our competition, but I believe in a, in you know, real life, um, you get it's the case in chief for the player, then case in chief club, then uh, rebuttal player, rebuttal club, and then there's a little three-minute like sir rebuttal for the player, so you kind of get the last little word in. Uh, but but it is interesting because you know kind of in this form, the last real word goes to the club side, whereas in the regular court system, the plaintiff, the person trying to make their case, they get the last word uh, to kind of kind of make their last point and it's it's kind of a tough balancing act because somebody has to have that last word um. And, you know, there's only so much you can do in that server rebuttal kind of point. And then
2: one of the downsides of going first, honestly, is the fact that, as you guys pointed out, you are not dealing with baseball people. You are dealing with labor arbitrators. You are dealing with people that just don't really know this stuff that well. So a lot of the time you're spending, if you're going to try to get into advanced statistics or you're going to try to get into the details, is just trying to explain to them what it is you're talking about. These people don't know what war is. They don't know what WRC plus is. They They don't know these numbers. And... Even more so if you're trying to compare them to other players and, you know, you're talking about something like the eye test where it's like you just take two guys like a Dolores Garcia and like a Trey Mancini. And it's like they both just bring wildly different things to the table. But if I can just strip that away and show you a sheet with numbers on it and I'm showing that to somebody who's never seen these two guys play, they don't really know the difference. And so when you're going first, you kind of have to explain all that stuff on the front end and that might actually take away. Whereas when you're going second, you can kind of just piggyback off of all that intro that the other side did.
1: All right, Wade, I'm putting you on the spot here, brother. You were the guy, you you were for the team, right? I was on
4: rebuttal for team and player.
1: Okay, so pretend you're, you're rebuttal for team right now. And I'm on Garcia case. Hey, you saw him in the playoffs. The guy dominated through the playoffs. He should be making this certain amount of money. There's no way in heck he shouldn't be making this all the home runs he hit he helped his team dominate through the playoffs to a world series you're up you yeah,
4: know being on team side wasn't my favorite thing but uh, <laughs> 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 the
1: thing about Adelise
4: garcia i think one of where you see his weaknesses is in his strikeout numbers and when you look at um the power benchmark that has been set in the market you have guys hitting over 100 home runs throughout the course of their pre-arbitration career making what our midpoint was, six and a half million. Everyone who was above six and a half million that was a power hitter like Adelise Garcia had gargantuan power numbers. And while his power numbers were better than the guys we felt were below the midpoint, they were not deserving of an above the midpoint salary. That's not my opinion, but if I was on the team, that's what I'd have to say is his (laughs) strikeout numbers. Very good, very um, good, very good. He had a very bad, he didn't have a second year that was commensurate with his rookie and third year. And so it's, it's inconsistency. And I would try and qualify the postseason. As like an eighteen game stretch that could have happened at any time, and he just oh, got right.
3: lucky, basically.
5: Yeah, I'll, 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 yeah. Right. yeah. I'm, an, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna type you. at you. No,
1: actually, I'm texting. I'm texting the Dollys right now. Exactly. What you said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro, I, oh boy. Uh, oh, no. If, no, if I can type in for a second there. Um, um, I, I, I do have Those his phone number nothing. though. I, I I could hit him up next time. We'll get him on the show when you're on. Your way.
0: Hey, can It'll we be show like this John... real arbitration? Then. Yeah, exactly. Can we show this John Haman tweet too? So, you know, and yes, there are still cases going on. I know our fans pointed out Alec Bohm's case is actually today with the Phillies, but Haman goes: Laddie Jr. off a of so-so season got a bigger raise than Luis Ariz following his second straight batting title. Arb continues to make no sense. What do you guys think? If one of you wants to take the reins here, studying this intensively, do you think that it's stupid? And if so, how can we do it better slash differently? I mean, my vote is let's have people that understand baseball because I just think generally these judges are like, oh, there's 10 cases this year. Let's like have it be 5-5 five, five or 6-4 so that they don't fire us for next year because both sides can fire judges if they feel like they're being too tilted on one side or the other. It's a lot of eyewash in my mind.
3: Yeah, well, so one of the most interesting things, which I think Nick pointed out, is the fact that they don't actually like write down the reason that they came to the conclusion that they did it could be any reason in the world that swayed them one way or another and future people in next year or two years from now can't definitively say area's lost because of x or he would have won if he had this number instead it's just so out there but there's also just no consistency between the years so the last couple years uh, team side has won about 70 percent of the cases Um, the process as a whole at least up to now, we felt like favors the team side. But with where we stand right now in this current cycle, players are up seven to four. Uh, So we we don't know what's caused that shift. It literally could just come down to these arbitrators this year are more player friendly. Uh, So I'm, I'm with you in at least bringing in guys that know baseball. They don't have to be like longtime agents or work for the MLB, but maybe like did you play baseball in high school check? Yes or no, you know, something to prove that, you know, what you're talking about and are capable
5: of making an $8 million decision. What I'm hearing yeah, is, well, is uh, Ryan wants them to know ball. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll,
6: I'll say this. That means, what is there? Three ca- there's three cases left. It's seven, four. Yeah. Sorry guys who were left. You're all losing because those arbiters want to keep their job next year. And they want the because I think the union is the one or not, excuse me, the owners are the one that picked the arbiters, not the union. I think the I think Is that the, true? I think the owners pick it so the that's why the owners always have a slight advantage, I think, right? It's
5: like a one in one and then a then a one that they kind of combine on. Uh, oh, okay. With, mm. with the strikes, yeah. Wait. But uh, same thing, you can't appeal it because of the arbitration laws in America and so you're kind of in no written order, you can't tell if it's arbitrary and capricious as the standard, but uh, so you're really kind of stuck, and, and arbitrators are, are exactly like you said. They're, they're known for historically, you know, quote-unquote, splitting the baby. They don't want any, either side to be too pissed off, so they're going to find a way to satisfy both parties. Take the –
1: take. this is my last one, and maybe AJ has another one, but take the numbers out of it. Take the numbers of sides saying, you know, 60% here, 40% there. My question to you is, is it a good idea to go through arbitration if you're a player?
5: Or, 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 or a team. So we've actually gotten uh, feedback before from, from some of the judges before that some players kind of know, go in knowing that they're not going to win with their number. But it's a chance for them to put their name and their stats and argue in front of their team so that they can realize their value. I'm not really sure. I mean, you guys would probably know a lot more about that than me. But I mean, hey, it's it's a it's a long deal. It's a it's a lot of kind of sunk costs. It can have some hurt feelings for sure. I mean, especially whenever I, you know, we got some feedback on what maybe what clubs are a little bit tougher. But you know, at, as, at a point, you gotta like kind of make your stand and be like, no, this is this is what the market should pay me. This is what I'm gonna say. And if I die swinging on that hill, it is what it is.
2: It's also in the short term, it's just a bargaining chip. You know, I mean, like you kind of force the team to come to the table with something that is at least reasonable enough to not get lapped out of a room. And so, in that sense, arbitration can kind of be a weapon for the player where, you know, if, if you just feel like you're getting lowballed constantly, to say, well, let's bring this in front of three judges and see, like, is this actually a good offer?
6: It's so funny the way you guys describe it. Because I listen until you sit through, like Todd wants to know is a good idea. You want to know what a team really thinks about you? You sit in that. You sit in that room for those three hours. You find out everything, what they think about you. And like you guys said, I remember there's no precedent. There's no written thing. You literally get a phone call from – I got it comes from the player association. You won or you lost. And mine came and we won, and it was like a big party. But the guys I know lost them. Got, and, then, and then the teams are like, oh, no hard feelings. You're like, bullshit, dude. You just trashed <laughs> me for three hours. I just, I'm sitting – Five feet away from the GM, and he's just their team. They don't say anything. I was, I actually spoke in mine, and I got lucky because the one of the arbiters was from my hometown. So before I was like, Hey, you're from, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm from there too. You know, let's not forget about, you know, hometown. Grease them, grease them up, well, up. I got a tip. Of
0: Someone told me that they were told to bring, I don't know, it was the family. Yeah, I think it was family. They said kids, lollipops, kids. Hey, my, my two and four year old are here. It's big corporation fighting
6: me over a few hundred grand and I'm a first-year ARB guy. Love it. Love yeah. it. Listen, whatever it takes, man, these are these hearings are nasty. You guys kind of went through it. But like if you guys go on and, and work in this world, like you guys are gonna have to sit there depending on what side you're on. If you're on the player side, obviously you have kind of an uphill battle. But if you're on the owner's side, you have to sit there and you have to look at the player who's sitting there like I'm sitting there like this, and you guys are, you know, five feet away from me, and you're telling me why I suck at baseball. And I'm looking at you going, Hey nerd, you never played anything, so <laughs> what do you even know, right? So it's just it's just such an awkward experience. And, and listen, I hope every player gets a long term deal; they don't have to go through it. But if you want to know, man, sit there and go through that go through that process, and then get back to me. And you don't think it's a business before you will when it's done. And if
0: you're working for the team, and and you're working for someone who goes like this, <coughs> and five hundred K comes out, that's that's a billionaire. So some of these players are not rich. I will say that too. Some are obviously stupid rich. Some players are not rich. Like they've been making um, nothing in the minors for five, six years. Then you're on league minimum. They're not loaded. And then after their career ends, which could be at any moment, you know, if you're like a reliever and you make it four years, and this is your one year in arb to make a couple million bucks, this is your freaking life. So anyway, guys, this was awesome. Really appreciated. By the appreciate
6: way, if I, if I ever go to arbitration, I'm calling Villanova.
0: Just
6: saying. You're actually
0: helping
1: Kratzy out there, man. Kratzy, you should be proud of that comment. Yeah, I
6: know. But that's just what we do up
1: here in PA.
0: Nova's legit, but so is UT. You guys rock. This was really fun. Appreciate it. Hope you guys had fun. Thank you very much for the time. We'll post all this stuff, all right? Yeah, Yeah, thanks so much. (laughs) Thank you. Go TCU. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Last thing I'll say too. I just want to get like one more
1: <laughs>
0: one more thought. Hey, AJ, can
1: I can I say something?
6: Yeah. Yeah.
1: When you went in arbitrary <laughs> Sorry, I'm goofy over here. Did they bring up anything about you fighting uh, the guy at home plate?
6: Barrett? No, that was that happened after, so no. Oh, but did they no, bring no, anything up? They, like, you know,
1: you know, the they would have brought things up to me like, oh, oh man, he, he fought Adam Eaton back in the day or something. That, that's what they would have said I, to I, me.
6: The, my famous thing that I bring up is is when I was doing when I was sitting in the room and they just like don't react. So you're sitting there and you're just like, and you're trying not to get mad. And you're trying not and you're, you're just you're like they're lying. This oh, isn't true. Gosh. This this isn't true. And and the thing they brought up, they said, well, one of the things I had like four pass balls that year, and they're like, well, Jason Veritek only had three pass balls and he <laughs> catches Tim Wakefield the knuckleballer, and I'm like. I literally grabbed my agent and, no, he next and I'm he like, doesn't. he doesn't catch him. It's Mirabelli. And he's like, just, just, just stop. And then that was like one of their big arguments. Did like, you guys no. rebut that? We didn't even, it was such a stupid argument. We couldn't even. But you have to. But my do guy that. did say something. My, the guy, because my your agent, I talked, my agent talked. And then the Players Association has a couple guys that are in there too. Michael Wiener, before he passed away, was in there. And so, and, and my mine was a big deal. I actually went last in my year because I actually got the highest salary for a catcher first year arbitration ever in arbitration. So, and when I won it, it set like a new standard. Right. So Michael Wiener was like, your case is super important. We're putting all our eggs into your case. And then when they won, it was like a big deal because they were super, because it raised the bar. I like by like a million I went from like the low, the highest had been two, five, and I got three, five. And that was like the biggest, payday for a first-year arb catcher of all time i mean 20 years ago sure so but it was a big deal so the union really wanted to win that they're like we're gonna have yours left we put the biggest cases at the line we're like you're going last and i was like oh god i hope i win
0: i'm glad you spoke too that resonates for me i mean if you can speak you should speak that has to play a little bit of a factor it Mm -hmm. also shows that you can speak like this dude is contributing the mental components he probably gets up and he can speak in front of his teammates too if i'm a dumb arbiter that's never watched a baseball game in my life.
6: Well, no, they just Uh, had me walk through my day. And what a catcher does more than – and and you know the scratch. A catcher does has to do more than a regular position player because we have to prepare for pitching and hitting, Mm -hmm. right? And then defense and everything, you know, that comes along with it. So they just wanted me to be like, hey, explain why catching is harder. Because one of the arguments for the team is always, well, the catchers don't play as much. Well, why not? (laughs) So then you have to explain, well, listen, I get hit in the shoulder and the face and the balls and the shin – Oh yeah, and by the way. Yeah, you can't play every I mean, mm-hmm. you know. So it just it, it it's a fascinating. I'm so happy we had those guys on. I know I was giving them shit, but yeah, I mean it's pretty awesome they get to see this and I hope I hope people pay attention to it. And again, if you're a player and you want to know go. Go because you will find out real quick if the team likes you.
0: Mhm. I just have one line uh complaint. Adolis Garcia is still an arb at age 31. He's in the mm-hmm. same process of arb as Jazz Chisholm at 26. Thirty-one wow. years old, you have multiple years left of arb.
6: That's yeah, I came change. over from Cuba. Later. I
0: understand, but still, that's ridiculous. I mean, especially the way that teams value decline in your thirties. Thirty, yeah. you're you're getting into your thirties, and you still have to go through arb. No, mm. I'm out on that. There's got to be a limit. What?
6: I was thirty-eight. Were you really
0: thirty-eight <laughs> for arb? Did you I didn't.
6: You didn't, didn't, you didn't, didn't file go to arbitration, did but I didn't collect enough service time until I was thirty-eight, and then they kept me on the roster
0: the rooster that is insane our so needs to so stop they, at 30 so
6: they didn't de- they didn't uh, non tender you they actually and then you settled obviously cuz you didn't go right yeah i mean it was it was just a formality we were so close on the number it wasn't even really mm-hmm. can i get this no well how about this perfect